0: Driving is something many take for granted, but when someone has an altered ability, then driving or getting out and about in your own car can be challenging. The Drive Able podcast unpacks the world of driving with a disability so you can experience the freedom that you desire. I'm Brad, and with me is Ali, and together we have over 30 years of experience in driving and disability. Enough with the intros, let's get into it. All right, so we've been talking to Nick and Nick um, has been unpacking the journey that he's gone through to be able to get to this point of his driving story. He's been talking about the assessment processes that he's been through, about the trials and tribulations that he's been through to be able to get to this point of driving. He got his license, he got onto his P's uh, he was talking about how sensitive his controls were. And at one point he um, had an accident from um, where his control, he touched the curb, but because of the sensitivity of his um, hand controls, he mounted the curb over the medium strip back to the left again. Um, and then he, he, as we left it, he, he killed a tree. Uh, and that's where we left it uh, last time. Um, but we're we're going to unpack where driving went after that, and and what happened with with Nick's story after that. So Nick, do you want to do you want to take it from there?
1: Yeah. So uh, like Beth said, um, had the accident hit a tree. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't all the car's pro. I was half asleep, like like I admitted so. Whether or not uh, the the, the joystick was um, sensitive or not, I shouldn't have been on the road when I was that tired. I was very uh, irresponsible. But nonetheless, I had the accident. And, um, yeah, I was off the road for an entire year. Not because I was discouraged, but because the car got sent to the worst possible uh, um, repair shop ever known to man. Um, uh, I didn't know what to do at the time, so I just let the cops handle it and they pulled the toy truck just to take it to the closest uh, possible repair shop. And because it was New Year's Eve, they tried to uh, save money by just taking it to the closest one around. And they ended up being just the worst possible, you know. And um, because of all the mods and what, what, what have you, they had no idea how to Repair it, even though the mods were totally fine. And uh, this this company in particular, the owner of the company was basic, So his wife took over and she had no idea how to run the business at all. And she kept uh, putting my car into high basket and uh, taking on different jobs and kept pushing my, my back. And then a month, 10 to 3, 10 to 6, 10 to a whole year. Through that entire process, I kept calling the RAA, you know, to, you know, kick them off the butt to get a wriggle on. And I was calling the RAA who paying five and a half grand a year to, mind you. I ended, up, I ended up calling them so often that I kept getting the same lady. And it got to a point where this lady in particular particular, got cr- cr- cross with me for calling her every week to, to give me an update and uh, she actually was quite rude with me over the phone and she h- hung up on me. So my own insurance company hung up on me for just wanting to see how my vehicle was going after all these months and months and months. Mm. So that was really upsetting to have the uh, the RA treat me that way. Um, anyway, so um, they finally got in contact with PME to come out to assist if mods were all good. And I think I think this was in August September, so nine months into my um, you know repair quote unquote r- repairs, and um, they came out. all the mods were fine and then the company finally started ordering spare parts from a scrap repairer to get the bumper bar done up and the the steering wheel airbag done and the the, uh, mirror fixed up and um, yeah I was finally able to take it home uh, in November of that year. Uh, I took it home only to discover that uh, the sensors and the bumper bar were not uh, hooked hooked up again.
2: Yeah, right. And now didn't know, because that I, yeah. You know this
1: is important because of my I can't turn around to see my, my, my back, uh, what's going on in the back. So I had to get a camera, a reversing camera installed in the back so I could see on my mm. radio what's going on behind me. If the sensors on the bump bar on the front or the back aren't connected at all, even one connection, the whole system that doesn't work. Yeah. So because they hadn't connected the front bumper bar correctly, I had no access to my reversing rib- camera. So I couldn't see what was going on behind me. So I took it back to the repair shop again to say, hey, look, you haven't connected the sensors properly. I can't he's been my reversing camera. They took it for another week or so. And they said to me, yeah, we've done it all correctly. And I go, well, no, hold on. No, it's not, it's clear, not right. Anyway, I gave up with that company because they were just screaming at at that point. And then I contacted, I think it was Brad or, or somebody put me onto this local, I don't know, it was okay, so no, no, no. The guy that did the camera in the first place, mm. So the guy that, that, I forget his name, but I don't know if you remember. Yeah, no, he was right. a
0: contractor for Volkswagen, wasn't he? Because we had to yeah. get a Volkswagen-specific camera. Uh, That's right. We couldn't put in a standard reversing camera uh, in that Volkswagen.
1: That's right. So the guy that did the camera initially years ago put me in touch with a local repairer to reconnect the, the um, sensors. So I took it there, and it was a simple, like, plug and play, like it's simple, just wire, just not plugging into the bumper, bump. Like that was it <laughs> and I paid like a few bucks just to get that done because the repair shop that I, that was there for a year they were too in, incompetent to uh yeah, just look under the hood basically and plug in a plug
0: so,
2: yeah. so then how so, was um, it getting um back, back into the uh, I mean, after having the accident and then getting all this stuff, going through all this headache and then I Guess getting back on the road psychologically, confidence wise, how was that? Did you, yeah, it, it it's a really good question.
1: After hearing what the uh police officer said uh, behind my back, and after that whole ordeal with my insurance company, taking a whole year during that time, mind you, during that whole year, I missed out on, on a lot of stuff because I had convinced myself that when I got my, got my, got my license, I would no longer use public transport and I would no longer rely on my, on my, on my friends. Yeah. So that entire year of 2017, I I hardly got out of the house yeah, just yeah. because of my own stubbornness. I didn't want to rely on anybody else. So missing out on all the parties and events and what have you really, really destroyed me. Um, not only my, my confidence on the road, but I got very depressed to the point of uh, thinking that su- su- suicide. I got okay. a bit suicidal. Obviously, I didn't go through with it. But I got pretty close because um, I was—I felt strange. Yeah. I didn't know uh, what to do. Anyway.
2: What got you out of it? Uh,
1: honestly, um, I've only told a very few people this, but I was... It, it was a, a mixture. It was if I went through with it, I felt guilty that my friends and family would uh, have to deal with all the crap that I would leave behind. And two, I felt uh, I was a bit that uh, ca- ca- cowardly. I didn't want to take it the whole way. I felt like a like a coward, so I just I just you know gave up on the thought of going through with it because i, I uh, yeah i didn't have the guts to actually go through with it at the time
2: well I'm, get, yeah, I'm glad did, you didn't get... mate it, because it's good to hear the story you know yeah and, and listen listen to what's going on but it's a very uh, i i want to thank you for mentioning that because um mm-hmm. it's a very common um dark part of this industry and 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 this cohort you know, of people like yourself that are dealing with so much crap, you know, um, on a daily basis. So, um, and it's very common, actually, suicide as well. So it's um, it's it's important to highlight how it's so easy to lead to that point um, when, you know, like, look at all these things that you've faced, you know. But, I mean, it's awesome because we're here talking to you. So obviously things have turned around.
1: Yeah, so once I've got the car back, I got Brad to help me contact Tom E. Lee back in Melbourne to do a driving assessment because I had been out of practice for a whole, whole year. I didn't want to get back on the ride at all until I felt like I was cl- clean to, to do so, just for my benefit and the safety yeah. of others, just sure so that I was all up to scratch. I and jumped when in the car up, with you at
0: I jumped in, into the car with you at that stage as well. And did, um, yes. my confidence in you wasn't enough um, because I, I saw you drive and you, you, you drive beautifully uh, and you still do. I, I imagine to this day, you, you, when you're, when you're on, you drive, you drive excellent right in the middle of the yeah. lane, yeah. you give way road rules, you're stopping, you're starting. It's as smooth as, yeah. but you still didn't have the confidence based on that either. Did you? No. And you got We got Tom involved again.
1: That's right. Um, Tom did a few lessons more with me and he mm-hmm. gave me the little clear. And then even then, I still put I still like crap. So i um, Brad got me in touch with um Dr. Andrew Bates, my current psychologist that I use even now uh, mm-hmm. every other week. And am uh, glad you're still seeing him. That's yeah. Good. So it's been it's been almost four and a half years now seeing Dr. Andrew. Um and initially it was to discuss the impact of the car and being off the road and how guilty i felt that i nearly put people's lives in danger and i felt like i wasn't meant to be on the road in the first place like that whole process of living up to the car all that shit that i've been through i thought maybe that was a sign that i shouldn't be on the road to to begin with and that it's not what it's not worth it and all that kind of crap he helped me process that and um, made me realize that no, it's, it was just a simple accident. It was mm-hmm. no, nothing more, you know. And I'm glad that Brad put me in touch with him because I probably wouldn't be on the road now if it wasn't for Brad helping me get that done.
0: You deal with a lot of you deal with a lot of shit based on people's perceptions of your disability, mm. and um, that's what where talking about in this interview is that um, people's perceptions of what they see. You can't, you can't judge a book by the cover uh, when we're talking about disability. Um, And uh, it's why, why we wanted to get you on board, Nick, to talk through this, because I know that you're um, got the courage to talk about what stories you've been through and what journey you've been through. Um, And if we, if we set the goals high and you stick to it, um it doesn't mean that you're not going to face all this crap along the way um and it's a real it's sad um that society still yeah can impact on your life like this um and if if we take anything from from this podcast series it's and that's, that's why we're doing this trial. Get out there, have a go and so forth. But for everyone else listening as well, there's, there's a lot to be learnt here in regards to having an open mind and listening, listening to the person with a disability because they know themselves better than anybody.
1: I tell this to everybody that I meet that wants to learn more. Even though I've lived with Super my entire life, I've never had a dream where I'm ha- ha- handicapped. Whenever I dream, I'm always yeah. fully able, but but, but bodied. My mm. subconscious does not accept my physical thought.
2: That is um Pretty freaking deep. I'm, uh, I'm a bit speechless at the moment. Yeah, so <laughs> whenever
1: I do an action physically or I stutter or I do anything that I don't approve of, I feel upset and de- depressed that I haven't got control of my own body. Mm. I'm basically living in my own personal hell every day. Yeah, I'm, I'm this person inside this meat suit that I can't control it's doing things without my perm- permission yeah and every second of every day i'm a constant war with with myself fighting myself physically and mentally to do what i want to do not what my body wants what it wants itself to 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 do it's like i'm present pe- pe- possess- possess- sorry <clears throat> it's like I'm possessed. Yeah. So when um, I'm stuttering like that, yeah, I'm not giving my body permission to do that stuff. Yeah.
2: So, so Great I cleaning. guess the that's some uh, pretty, like I guess, heavy stuff that you're talking about and big challenges that you're going through. But at the same time, um, as you said before, you're living independently, you're driving around, you're yeah, doing all of these things, and you're living. I guess from the outside, you're effectively it, the one thing that i'm thinking of it faking faking it till you make it if that makes sense you know you're just like you know what screw this i'm still going to go forward and i think that's pretty amazing um that you as you said you're in a constant war but through war you're still um doing what you're doing
1: what doesn't do you makes you stronger yeah.
2: yeah yeah i um mate it's uh it's, I'm, I'm
0: inspired <laughs> i'm yeah, so inspired like, right now it's a, i'm speechless <laughs> nick talks to the uni students the the ot's that go through the course here in adelaide um and everyone that meets nick afterwards they're they're always blown away um the ot's just go oh my god um he was so good can we talk talk more to nick shut up brad we want to talk to nick um and they uh they keep on uh they, they 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 love um what he's been able to do despite all the adversity uh, yeah, I mean,
2: look, you said you've got mates, you're doing, you're doing everything, you know, um, you, you're, well, yeah, you're stubbornly to, living an ex- existing life.
1: I, I think I have to think, thank my parents, my, my uh, primary school for that, because I went to a uh, Catholic primary school where I was the only handicapped person there, so I was kind of forced out into the open world to mingle with able, able-bodied kids. And um, I just developed this consciousness about, like, I'm a normal human being. And then it wasn't until I went to high school where it had a specific uh, handicapped room, and that's where all the handicapped kids would stay for lunch and recess. I'd be the only handicapped kid, you know, in year eight, and year nine, going out, mingling with, quote, unquote, not, not normal kids. And all the teachers were shocked that I would even go out of my quote-unquote comfort zone to mingle with all the normal kids. But that's that's all all I knew how to do because of, yeah, because of my primary school, I was the only handicapped person there. So at a very young age, I was kind of forced out of my comfort zone. And I I think that's, yeah, a big help because I think normally people with disabilities go to a primary school or... Special ed school where they're taught and forced into, you know, specific areas for handicapped kids. They weren't forced out into the open world like I was.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, you, you, you. Um, I've been to the... We we drove to your high school as soon as you got your license and uh, showed off. uh that's To right. your SSOs and your teachers. Um, but it was. We. I remember specifically we went to the quote unquote, special, special classroom yeah. where, where you, where the dis- people with disabilities hung out. Um, but I, I actually think that you have helped a lot of society by getting out there and not isolating yourself away from other people, um, mm-hmm. and actually getting out there and being part of the community, going out and partying, taking your mates out, being the designated driver, yeah. um, showing showing people that a disability doesn't have to be an isolating factor yeah yeah yeah
2: but to me i guess one thing i just wanted to highlight is you're doing that stuff but your mind is battling you the whole time every day so it's it's pretty bloody amazing to me i guess me personally to share a little bit of my own story which brad knows about i love these kind of mental challenges you know like um so the fact that you're going through that every day, I'm just in awe. You know, like I, 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 I go, I get scared of you know wanting to do a marathon, and I think you know that's a five hour mental challenge, and I, it takes me like six months to prepare for that. And you're dealing with that every day, all day, you know, every waking moment, and you're going through life. It's it's awesome, you know. So um, so yeah, I'm just you know, I'm completely inspired, and it's amazing. Um, but I, I really thank that you're sharing that aspect because that's something that I learned today. Um, but I don't think people can actually understand that um, really out there. They, they don't understand what you guys are like, especially people with CP are going through yeah. on a daily basis. Um, it's yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's amazing to see that, as we said, you're moving through life in the way that community and being part of community, um, but still, you just got that little bit of darkness that you're dealing with, but um, but still. I have
1: to admit though, uh, it took me a while to, to get to this point. Oh yeah. As a kid in primary school, I used to cry every recess watching my friends play soccer and basketball because I knew I couldn't join them.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I couldn't do any of that, so it took me a while to learn to accept what I can't do.
2: Hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, is I'd uh, to be honest, I'd love for other kids in that we're in your position to hear these stories because i'm sure there's many kids that have thought about suicide and all this kind of stuff because they're just so frustrated um and that's why i love talking to you i really want other people to hear that hey you can still live you know your everyday life and normal life and get your your adaptations and get the support from the friends in the community and and move forward so it's um it's awesome to see and are are you so um I guess how are you driving now? You're all confident and all good. Yeah,
1: so now, yeah, after a few months with Andrew and uh, feeling confident on the road again, yeah, I'm. So for the past uh, four and a half years now, been on the road, no accidents at all, thank goodness. I've driven to Isla a few times with my dad to go check out where he's Um, You know, I drove, I drove there, but I couldn't drive back because I was too too fatigued. I think my longest going um, distance is like an hour and a half without getting uh, fatigued enough to, to stop the car and take a break.
0: Yeah. Um, Nick, Nick yeah, there's, there's so just a little there's a little important thing in there. There was we spoke about how sensitive that hand control so was yeah, so earlier on back, in these episodes. So yeah.
1: Back in episode one, where I said when I first tried out my, my car in Sydney. And I asked them, can we make the spring stronger? And they said, no. It wasn't until I had my car crash, and I said it would be better if the spring was stronger. It was then they said, yeah, okay, we'll 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 make it stronger. So I had to have the consequence of having a car crash before they actually took my suggestion and came out just with a simple spring that was stronger than the one that I already had and put it in the drop, drop joystick.
0: And that just stiffened up the joystick so you could relax that your muscles. made it a
1: lot more stiffer because mm-hmm. in the programming, it was as least sensitive as it could possibly go. Mm-hmm. But physically, the stock spring is so loose. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, and you're right. You've touched on this earlier in this uh, interview, it, this, this space drive technology has been from my understanding set up for people with spinal injuries. So more your C4 uh, incompletes, or maybe C5, six type of uh, complete injuries where they've got some shoulder movements, but, um, but hand movements uh, is poor. So it's it is designed for people that have decreased strength in their in their upper limbs, and they're mainly designed for for driving in your wheelchair. Now that's that's very generalist. It's not as we've seen with you, Nick. A lot of disabilities, um, including people with high tone, high tension in their muscles, can utilise these controllers if we if we get it right.
1: Yeah. I think I'm very unique in the fact that it's only a two-way joystick and not a pedal and brake joystick as well, and that I use the pedals and gears not not normally.
0: Yeah. So it's just left and right. And and then when it's sitting in the middle, the steering wheel sits in the middle. When you tip the um, joystick over to the left, then the steering wheel turns based on how much you tip that over. And it right. and you have to learn how far to tip it. It's not just lean it over all the way to the left. It's about getting those degrees right. And, and that took, I mean, you blew everybody away, but it took time to learn. Yeah. But it's about holding that tension around corners. It's actually much easier to turn to full lock to go around a sharp turn than it is to go around a, a curve in the road.
1: Should I talk more about the other other mods that PME did did to to the car?
0: Well, yeah, that's really important. So we've talked about steering, but then you've also got to be able to put all your secondary controls on, your windscreen wipers, your horn, your uh, indicators, all of those other things that people, when they do their assessments, they think, oh, it's steering and pedals. It's not, is it?
1: That's right. So um, first of all, um, the handbrake which is very important because for my bursitis, I didn't have the strength or the the, the 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 um lack of pain to be able to put and engage my handbrake. Mm. So uh, they removed the handbrake entirely and put an electric one in there instead. Mm-hmm. So, so it takes like uh, 10 seconds to get the handbrake on and back off again. And that's just a, a switch under the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And then, like we was saying about indicators and wipers and horns, on the right side, on the handle of my door, I keep my hand in the door, door handle uh, well, and my thumb is constantly on this uh, button that does eight different things. So, this is a, a, called an eight tone button. The longer I hold down this button, it cycles through eight different tones. When yep. you stop on a tone, it does a different function. So the first tone is the high bang. The first one again is to turn off the high bang. The second is the horn. That sounds for like a few seconds. The third tone is the, the, the windscreen wipers. The third tone again is to increase the speed of the wipers. The fourth tone is to turn off the wipers. The fifth tone is to use the spray wipers. And then six, seven, eight are not assigned to anything yet. Hmm. And then I've got a rocker switch next to that on the left. And that does my indications. Mm -hmm. So I push the left uh, side to, to engage the left indicator and then left again to turn it off same with, with, with the right now my steering wheel as it was equipped with an automatic indicator did, did disengage so that when the steering wheel goes back to straight it will automatically disengage mm-hmm. i had to get rid, rid, rid of that mechanic with the car because i would steer a lot like when i'm stationary to just reposition myself i would see the wheel every now I'm just to reposition, reposition my arm in the stationary yeah. um, position because I get a bit uncomfortable and um, whenever I grab a hold of the joystick I can't grab it on like a, like a normal person I have to push it all the way to one side because my second left finger on my left hand doesn't open up so I have to like get my wrist onto the joystick and then slide my hand back onto the stick so that all my fingers wrap, wrap around the stick properly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I've got good control of the, of the car. So whenever I'm stationary, if I'm a bit uncomfortable, I'll let go, reposition, and then do the whole process of doing that. And that does really grind the wheel stand at the front. Mm-hmm. But it's not only that, whenever I start the car, the computer has to calibrate the stick to the wheel. So I have to turn the wheel all the way left and all the way right each time I start the car to calibrate the computer joystick to the steering wheel.
0: Yeah, so there's lots of black black swivel marks on your driveway, isn't there? That's
1: right. And I have to do it every single time to calibrate the computer. And because of that, I have to get new tyres more often than regular people as well.
0: Yeah, if you're an OT, can I just point out, if you're an OT listening to this and you're doing NDIS and um, you're filling out an NDIS uh, AT application pro forma, right down the bottom before the signatures are other things to consider. That is one of the things to consider. He needs new tires more often because of, because of the actual control system that he needs. And this is something that m- we may want to advocate towards NDIS for some extra funding for those front tyres.
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so um, with the uh, other mods, um, we found that my feet get very fatigued after keeping the pedal on the gas at a certain point. Mm-hmm. at a, a set 60 or set 50. Yep. So I had uh, Brad contacts people down in Morphabale mm-hmm. to mod me up a couple of cruise control um, mods as well.
0: So Nick, you can't press the buttons on the steering wheel because your hands are locked into the hand control and so your other hand's hand doing the, on the right-hand side on your door well. So yeah. So you couldn't press the cruise control, even though your car's got cruise control, to be able to help you rest your legs on those long drives. You couldn't, you couldn't activate it.
1: That's right. Yeah, my my hands uh, do not touch the steering wheel at all. I can't use the steering wheel. Um. Uh. So yeah. Um. We had these uh, two sticks. Um. And now the cruise control is always t- turned off. So it's never turned off. So I've got a left stick that I push forward. To uh, reset the cruise control, and the butter stick is to set the cruise control. Yeah, and I use that quite often. Like not even on the highway, I use I use it on long, sixty-kilometer roads as well. Yeah, yeah. Because after after like a minute or two of keeping my right foot engaged on the gas pedal at a certain um uh, speed, it's so hard to keep it at that speed yeah you know, after like a minute i will fluctuate between five kilometers less and more and that was just not pr- pr- practical
0: also so safety I, wise it's probably safer to be going that's
1: right space, yeah so. that's right
0: i'll just point out there from a, from an ot point of view just so, so you understand what happened in regards to assessing that part of it all nick's right arm is would have been the alternative for accelerating and braking Uh, at that point of time there's now a four-way joystick so like driving a wheelchair uh, but that wasn't available back in 2015-16 when we started this journey uh, 14 even maybe uh, Mm -hmm. when we started this journey Um, that wasn't available now there is a four-way joystick so you can um, like controlling your wheelchair but it's actually in reverse reverse braking is forward and accelerating is backwards and left and right is the same. So it's, it takes a mental mind shift to be able to control that. But uh, at that point of time, Nick would have had to have done braking and accelerating with his right hand and uh, with his right arm and the control that Nick's got in his right arm is, is not there uh, compared to his right leg. And, uh, and we, we, like I said earlier on, it's it's a bit of a trade-off. What's what's going to be the most functional way to do it, but then also what's going to be the safest way to do it? Fatigue-wise, he probably would have been better in his right arm, but safety-wise in regards to control, Nick would have over-accelerated uh, and over, over-braked into situations with his right arm compared yeah, to his okay. right leg.
1: Even if I had that four-way joystick, I think it wouldn't, wouldn't have done anything for my shoulder as well yeah because even now using my wheelchair my arm gets really sore engaging forward after a minute my shoulder gets really sore so even if it was available i still think i would prefer using the regular gas pedal over using a four-way
0: stick plus plus it was another eighty thousand (laughs) dollars another eighty thousand dollars yeah for that for potentially potentially yeah. we never we never priced it up but that that space drive light sensation um, light light touch on the on the left and the right would have been yep. fairly fairly extensive as well
1: there you go so so, um, so after all these months we got installed you know the indicators the rare, the voice the what have you i had to get a second battery installed as well mm. because my main battery kept dying i think i got uh, four or five brand new batteries and yeah, I just gave up and got a second battery so that I, I could uh, charge the, the main battery off with a second battery. That's actually a good
2: point. This is something that we get a fair bit um, on the modification side of things. People, um, you really should, if once you start getting more than a couple of bits of gear, you do need to have a second battery, but a lot of people don't put the battery. Then what happens is... Um, people tend to think there's a problem with the equipment because it's draining the battery and they're like, Oh, there's something wrong. The battery's getting drained, but it's actually not that it's that the car was designed for X number of electrical equipment. And now there's, you know, double that connected to it. So it's just everything's out of it. Everything's on standby waiting to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because um, because I don't drive that often and that for that long, the battery hasn't got enough time to charge up either.
2: Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's actually a very good point. It's something that if you are putting in a couple of control, a couple of things, even if you don't think you need it, um, normally a second battery setup is like, if you do it at the time you're doing installation, it's probably no more than a few hundred dollars. So, um, so if you get it done properly, we always recommend that, um, once you've got a, you know, if you have like a lifter, and a couple of other bits and pieces in there. Um, it's always a good idea to put that second battery in there. So it's um that's a good point. So and
1: even with the second battery, I've even got a charging cable yeah. hooked up to the battery that I charge through a, a power socket in the wall of the house as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's a great, great um yeah, like we, we do that with our demo cars because they've got all the bits and pieces in them as well. So it's a it's a good idea. So yeah so, but, so yeah, nick no.
0: let's let's um start rounding this off yes what does having your license and this car mean to you what what are you able to achieve was it worth it is it is it something that you would go through again would you recommend it to other people i know you've been through a lot but would you recommend it again can you start uh unpacking that side of it all has it all been worth it
1: it has so like i said earlier my uh, subconscious brain doesn't accept that i'm handicapped so mm-hmm. i try every day to be a quote-unquote normal person when i met brad he got me all these aids to go to the bathroom and shower and cooking and cleaning and dressing the only thing left was was the car so i can just myself toilet myself do all of that the car was do anything that I couldn't do myself. After I knocked that out of the way, I, I am so much happy in that I don't have to rely on anybody for anything. I can get up in the morning, get dressed, get in the car, go down to a restaurant to get, get, get food, I can go shopping. I don't have to rely on anybody at all for anything. I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. So, even though I've got housemates and carers coming in every now and then, if they're not here, just, just even knowing that I can do things myself without having to wait for someone to be home to do them for me is life changing. Because yeah. up until I was t- 20, before I got my, got my piece, I had to rely on somebody for something and sure, it'll take longer and it's more difficult to do it alone but at least i can do it yeah yeah so in an emergency or if there's something going on that i haven't planned for i don't have to wait hours or even days to schedule a care or someone to come over to help me i can just do it and i have to plan a little bit more in advance so i can allow half an hour or an hour in advance to do the things that I would need help with, mm-hmm. but I can still do them. And that's just, it's, it's a game changer because my, my parents used to force their help on me as a kid. And I used to hate getting help. And I used to hate people assuming that I needed, needed help. And I used to, you know, beg my dad to let me just go in the shower alone you let me get dressed alone, but he would always think that I need I needed help. And just now, you know, in my early 20s, mid-twenties, just you know, doing everything literally just alone. And by my myself, just knowing that, knowing that I can do that. Yeah, it's 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 a game changer. Like I'm I'm a lot more optimistic and happier, but I know I can just do these things.
2: Yeah, that's um, awesome, and it's funny actually. I was talking about that with someone this morning. Um, I, I, me personally, I, I tend to be the one in my group of friends that try that organizes, you know, weekends away and things like that. And man, like, because when you were saying that thing about reliable. People are freaking unreliable. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you people need to sit around relying on hell. people, you know, just just trying to organize a weekend away is the biggest pain in the butt because people oh, yeah. can't rely on people. Yeah. So um, so yeah, that independence is um is great because you know you might be sitting around two days waiting for someone to come because they, they you know they're bloody unreliable. So. Uh, right. So as yeah, that's also got, a great point.
1: As soon as I got the license, I was the one that was organizing the the the, the stuff. Yeah. Now yeah. I think. You know, being handicapped aside, all everybody uh, you know are too busy they've got wife or kids or they've got jobs or careers or or study or whatever. I've got none of that, so I'm, I'm available to plan stuff. So I used to have to wait like a few days or weeks, or months for someone to plan like a party or something. And now, now that I've got a car and I can you know plan stuff and get dressed and set up and all that stuff i could just have look guys let's do this on this day because i'll be there i can set up and yeah i don't have to wait any amount of time now i can just go ahead and do it and uh start the train and they, and they can uh you know come on the train that i'm moving you know if they want to or not
0: that's awesome yeah yeah you should see some of the parties he has at his place ellie
2: yeah, well, um, I'm jealous. And also, the thing is, is that I bet you your friends would probably love you because that's the thing. Most people are unreliable. They can't get themselves organised. So having someone that's probably organising gatherings, they're probably like, mate, this guy's a legend.
1: <laughs> I, I to pick up my friends in town at in 3.30 in, in, the, in the morning. And they <laughs> come, come back
2: for to kick-ons. <laughs> sleep it
1: off. I so live yeah. very close to town. So, you know, I'm basically there. Every, 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 every driver. But you know, they, they give me a lot of stuff in return. As we're, we've got a very good relationship, but yeah, um, yeah I'm I'm basically the go-to guy because I'm always I'm always available. And I guess that is a little sad in itself that you know I haven't got a career or study or anything to get on with. But you know, I, I like living a you know, stress-free, relaxed lifestyle.
2: And you're also uh, obviously a very key member of the community which is um i think i wouldn't sell that short at all you know what you're doing um as i said uh people need people to organize themselves you know and the fact that you're doing that um a lot of those people when they get older they will really appreciate that because you know that that when you get older that's all you have is your memories of the times when you were younger you know so um
1: i used to be be part of a of a retro computing group and uh, this group, the uh, people that ran it couldn't do it anymore because they were getting too busy. So I was the only one that put the hand up to start running it on their behalf. No one else, there was like a group of like 50 people that didn't want to put their hand up. And I was the only one that uh, took charge. You know, I, I ran this big group at the only uh, library hall for a good, a good year because I had all the time in the world and they really thanked me and appreciated. Me for for that,
0: yeah. Nick Nick's got uh, an amazing collection of vintage computer consoles, uh, from the Commodore sixty four through to Seegers, through to you name it. He he's got the biggest collection of retro gaming consoles uh that i've ever seen and the games that go with it and the old tvs that go with it it's uh he's got it all it is really really cool Ellie. but i think Um, actually
2: this conversation and what we're talking about might segue to a good part of the story which is our last question um yeah 100% out and about a lot so um you know as as brad says cars can be more than transport from a to b so um What's one thing you've done in your car that no one uh, knows knows about or is something interesting? Since you've been going out and about all these times, late nights, there must be something interesting there.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, aside from the shops and going from A to B and big trips and, uh, you know, going out to second-hand shops and getting a bunch of review games. Um, whenever I've got housemates um that can't, you know, haven't got anywhere else to go and, and be scarcery now now and then if i if i have a, a, a lady friend over i would um sometimes go up to uh windy point and uh fuck up the we
2: windows
0: the windows up there is that,
1: that
2: and that that and one. One. is that a famous is that where you were talking about as well Brad Windy Point
0: <laughs> yeah you do, you don't there's not many cars up there without fogged up windows. At the window. yeah, yeah.
1: And um, because the van is so big, I sometimes put like an inflatable air mattress in the back. As oh, well. yeah, no,
0: no, no. All right. All right. All right. We don't need to know any more details. That's it. That's where we're going to round it up, everybody. That was awesome. Nick, um, thank you so much for joining us yeah, on this too. episode. Uh, and in fact, as we've um discuss we're going to there's two parts of this episode so make sure you go back to listen to the first part of this episode if you haven't done so already where Nick talks about his um journey to get his license in the first part uh and then this episode Nick thank you so much for being so honest if people wanted to get in contact with you is there a way that they could do that
1: well so yeah um I've got an email uh Nick nicholas.tiago96 gmail.com. I think Brad will we'll, link that in below
0: Yeah, we'll put and that if, in the show notes If
1: there's any uh, gamers out there too I'll, I'll give uh, Brad my uh, rep, rep, Reddit page that I post there quite regularly uh, We can put start... a
0: link to that below We'll put yeah. that link to below as yeah. well uh, I plan and, to
1: start YouTubing as well Yeah.
0: So, good on you Yeah, excellent run a podcast. They're a good idea. Yeah. Hey, um, if people also want to see Nick, what we'll do is we'll put a link through where Nick was on uh, channel seven on today tonight and, um, and, and demonstrated to a massive audience about how, how he's driving. You also get to see his retro gaming uh, on there as well. So we'll make sure that we put a link to that um, today, tonight episode uh, where Nick, Nick shows off what he can do. Yeah, Nick, thanks, Nick, thanks very much, mate. And uh, thanks for all your time. Yeah,
2: all good. Yeah, Nick, thank you very much. Personally, um, I, uh, I I got a lot out of this and um, I'm really inspired. I want to kind of figure out a way to hang out with you a bit more to get some of that strength, more of that mental strength. So, uh, yeah, so, sure, man, so, so stay tuned, control, let's yeah. do something.
0: <laughs> all right, guys, as we thank say in guys. every episode, if you've got any queries about what you can do and what will work for you, just like we did with Nick, get in contact with your local OT or mobility dealer and set yourself up with a trial. Trials really do put you in the driver's seat. That's it for now. See you later, everybody. See Thanks, Nick. Uh, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Drive Able Podcast with Brad Williams and Aliac Akbarian. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference if you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability or you would like to get in contact find the show notes or find the resources mentioned in this episode you can find us on facebook just search at driveable podcast for more information